Welcome to the Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning top doc show. With more than 8,000 members who care for patients in every specialty and practice setting, MAG is the leading voice for physicians in Georgia. Go to mag.org to join MAG if you're a physician in Georgia. And thanks to Alliant Health Solutions for its support as a sponsor. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Medical Association of Georgia's Top Docs Radio Show. And today we're going to be talking about maternal mortality. Our guest, Dr. Fatou Forna, is an OBGYN and epidemiologist with the Southeast Permanente Medical Group and an international expert on maternal mortality reduction and other reproductive and maternal health issues. Thanks for sitting in with us today. Thanks for having me, C.W. Well, when we talk about maternal mortality, what exactly is it? I get the sense that it's bigger than just passing away in, in, the, in the act of childbirth. Yes. Uh, so uh, maternal mortality is defined as uh, the death of a woman while she's pregnant or after the completion of a pregnancy. Now, there are slightly different uh, definitions. For example, in the U.S., most of our definitions include uh, the death while pregnant uh, and up to a year after that wow. pregnancy has completed. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, most states finally uh, by this year now have in the death certificate they have a box a checkbox that says did the woman die while she was pregnant did she die in the first six weeks or did she die uh, you know from six weeks to a year so that the time periods in the US are specified in that format that's slightly different uh, from the rest of the world as you have focused on this issue clearly in in the introduction it's something that you take uh, you know beyond just your practice, mm -hmm. what are you seeing as as a frequency of occurrence? How often, how big of a problem is this now here? Okay. You know, we can talk about it obviously globally, but okay. and then we can whittle it down to how we doing here. Okay. You know, I, CW, I think one of the things uh, we should all first know is that maternal mortality, uh, it's a human problem. It's a human tragedy. It's, it's really... Um, it's difficult to lose a woman at the prime of her life, to lose a mother. Right. It affects not just the children that are left behind, but the families, the husband, the partner, the communities, the work. So, so, so it's a big problem. Um, uh, quantifying the problem, I, I know in, in Georgia, uh, there's a maternal mortality review committee um, through the Georgia Department of Health. And they looked at all of the deaths they recently published from 2012 to 2014, and they were 250 deaths. About 40% of those are pregnancy-related, means meaning they were caused by the pregnancy or aggravated by the pregnancy. And they use that to calculate something called the maternal mortality ratio. It's the number of women who die per 100,000 live births. Okay. And for Georgia, that number was 26 uh, per 100,000. That sounds on the high side. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you know, when you compare that to the U.S., uh, you know, unfortunately, Georgia, we are the state that we have one of the highest mm. uh, maternal mortality ratios in the country. Uh, the U.S. also looks at all their maternal deaths, you know, the, the, um, 
the World Health Organization published uh, a report looking at maternal mortality from 2000 to 2017, and they looked at all the different countries, and they uh, look at maternal mortality for the first six weeks only, in including see. for the U.S. Uh, the U.S. has about 700 women that die every year, but when they calculated the maternal mortality ratio for the U.S., it was 17, uh, uh, sorry, it was 19 per 100,000. And, you know, how does this stack up against the performance of our counterparts around the world? Are we, you know, uh, if you look at uh, the health data comparison uh, for our you know, our big commercial country mm -hmm. didn't sound like we were doing very well. I would have presumed that we probably are yeah. falling behind here as well. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the U.S. is uh, one of the industrialized, among industrialized con uh, countries, we're not doing very well. Um, you know, most industrialized countries have maternal mortality ratios that are less than 10 in single digits. And we have, uh, you know, maternal mortality ratio of 19. But not only that, our ratios have been increasing when we, the World Health Organization, again, looked at these numbers uh, from 2000 to 2017. Our maternal mortality has increased over that time. It was 12 in 2000 and now it's 19. So it's very concerning uh, when we compare ourselves to the rest of the industrialized world. Other countries like, you know, the UK, Australia, the Netherlands, they all have uh, maternal mortality ratios that are less than 10. When I look at that, I mean, that's surprising that it's that dramatically different. And mm -hmm. when I when I look at, uh, in the past, I've had some discussions on the, the topic of premature birth. Mm -hmm. and, and many times, premature birth has components to its its likelihood and its propensity around things that are not necessarily health related is mm -hmm. I, I would assume since we're talking about maternal mortality here it's got to have some overlap there's got to be some things that may or may not have to do with whether I have diabetes or heart mm -hmm. disease or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be as to why I might perish yes um, you know so there are non-medical things that are big contributors to why women die uh, you know we see that around the world for example around the world some of the biggest things are poverty, uh, you know, distances to health facilities, inadequate quality services. But when we look here in the U.S., there are kind of four main areas, uh, you know, that we see challenges with. Uh, we see challenges with race, and I'll talk a little bit more about each of those. We see uh, challenges around access to health care. We see challenges around uh, challenges with our social determinants of health. And uh, we see challenges around uh, support that we provide provide for our pregnant women. So I'll start with talking about race. When we look at maternal deaths uh, in the U.S., we see that black women are three to four times more likely to die uh, than white women. Uh, you know, so there are uh, many, many reasons that come into play. We do know that black women have higher rates of hypertension, diabetes, some of these um, uh, uh, conditions that can make you have a high-risk pregnancy. Okay. We do know that um, there are social determinants of health, there are problems with access to care, structural uh, issues that make uh, uh, black women have challenges uh, accessing health care. Um, uh, and then many studies have shown that when black women do access this health care, they do get different care uh, than white women. For example, when you look at if women have complications from high blood pressure and have severely high, uh, high blood pressures and need uh, medications to treat uh, this high blood pressure, it 
takes longer for black women to get treatment than for white women. So there are differentials uh, in care there. So that's race. Um, Access to healthcare is a big issue. For us in Georgia, we know mm. that we have challenges with access uh, to care for our rural women. Yes. And we see that uh, playing into maternal mortality. Um, a lot of uh, women, uh, you know, with uh, the majority of our counties in Georgia, for example, are rural counties. Uh, but most of these counties do not have hospitals that have labor and delivery units. So a lot of our rural women have to travel outside of their county um, uh, to have a baby. So there, there are challenges there. There are accesses, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, challenges with accessing uh, just health care in general. About 50% uh, of all of the pregnancies in our state are covered by Medicaid. Mm -hmm. uh, but Medicaid only covers you up to eight weeks after you've had the baby. And for wow. maternal mortality, there are changes in your uh, system where for about a whole year after you've had a baby, you, you know, you do need care. So a lot of our women don't have have access to care, uh, you know, so availability of resources, all of those issues can impact, especially our rural women. Challenges in social determinants of health, that's a, a big issue uh, in this country, in Georgia and also in the country. When women have challenges with food insecurity, with housing insecurity, transportation, access to healthcare, all of those can complicate and, and, and make them at higher risk of having complications or dying from complications. Uh, finally, uh, another um, area that we need to talk about is psychosocial support. Psychosocial support is very, very important uh, during pregnancy. We need integrated care models um, uh, that, yes, yes, we have doctors taking care of patients, but we also need midwives. We need other people on the team, social workers, mental health providers caring for our patients. Um, we need social support is important. Uh, maternal mortality is not just a medical issue. The support that comes from a family, from husbands, you know, your mother, your aunt, that support of somebody helping you navigate the pregnancy, making sure that you're doing the right things uh, to get proper care, that's important. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about doulas. Doulas, um, you know, a trained doulas can also provide social support so that they are helping women not only navigate the healthcare system, but the majority of time when they're in the community having access to those resources. Um, uh, the one uh, last thing around psychosocial support is time of work. You know, we are a nation where we have a very strong work ethic and, you know, we work hard and we work long, but sometimes pregnant women need to take a break. E you know, either, uh, you know, they are having complications during the pregnancy or the stress levels are high towards the end of the pregnancy. A lot of times women need to take a break. After they've had the baby, they need time off to heal, to bond with the baby. So those are some of those areas and issues, things that will contribute uh, to death if we don't address them very well. You mentioned that the, at the state level there is a committee that takes a look at this issue. I presume that means because it's a direct result of what you discussed earlier with regards to the frequency that this occurs in Georgia. Since we're clearly beginning to, even up to the state level of government here, um, commit some resources and, and attention to the issue, are we doing better yet or is it is it basically we're in that early part of all right, what are we going to do about this? You know, 
we've made a lot of good strides. Um, the Georgia House of Representatives, actually just a few weeks ago, uh, they released a document where last year they convened uh, a committee to look at this issue. And this committee included clinicians, it included legislators, it included community members. Um, and uh, they looked at all of these things that we've dis been discusses, discussing and they recommended uh, things that we could do to help uh, to decrease uh, maternal mortality. I'll talk about those things because I think uh, with those things we're now starting to put uh, things in place to see a change. One of their big recommendations was that uh, the state expand uh, Medicaid for poor and rural women so that they're being cared for for a whole year after mm -hmm. they've had a baby, not just cutting it off uh, at two months. So, so that's a big step. Um, I'll talk about, you know, they had 19 different uh, recommendations. I'll just talk about a few of them and give some concrete examples. My organization, Kaiser Permanente, we actually have already put some of these things uh, in place and we're starting to see results. Uh, one of them is improving the quality of care that we provide for women through using something called ACOG, American College of OBGYN, and AIM bundles. These are bundles that were created uh, to, uh, it's kind of like a roadmap, a pathway to handle hypertension, uh, hypertensive conditions, uh, hemorrhage, you know, things that women die of, also decreasing uh, uh, caesarean sections and promoting vaginal births. So one of the things, uh, some of the things we've done at Kaiser Permanente is to work with our partner hospitals, Emory and Northside, to make sure that these bundles are in place and that we're using these bundles to provide the quality of care uh, that we need to provide to keep women safe. Um, they also, uh, one of the things this committee recommended was that we ensure that all women re re receive quality of care without bias. One of the things we did at Kaiser Permanente actually about a month or two ago is that we instituted birth equity training for all of our clinicians and all of our nurses in the Department of Women's Services. We had a real commitment and we felt that there was a need to provide our clinicians and nurses with the tools they need uh, to look at the care they provide and to ensure that we are providing the best quality of care to all women regardless, regardless of their race and ethnicity. Uh, one other thing that the committee recommended was that we look at home care solutions, mm -hmm. uh, providing care for women uh, at their home. Uh, one of the things we do, we have an integrated care model at Kaiser Permanente that includes maternal and child health nurses. These are nurses who, uh, for women that deliver and they go home, we send, uh, you know, for all of our high-risk women, we'll send a maternal child health home the next day to see them at their home, examine them and their baby, check their vital signs, screen for potential complications, uh, help with breastfeeding, things like that. Uh, we also uh, recently instituted a one-week postpartum visit, which is new in the past. Most people will have a six-week postpartum visit, but we realized that mothers were bringing in their babies to be seen, you know, within a week after delivery, and that was our opportunity to capture these women and screen them for complications. Mm -hmm. And when we do identify complications, 
medications, for example, like hypertension. We enroll women in a remote home monitoring program for hypertension, where you give them a blood pressure machine, have them check their blood pressures twice a day, and those blood pressures are, are automatically uploaded into the electronic medical record, and we can respond. Mm -hmm. So with all of these things that we're, we've been doing, we've, we're seeing changes. We're seeing that uh, we're identifying women with complications earlier and treating them earlier to prevent morbidity and mortality. And as a result, uh, we have some of the highest rates uh, in Georgia of following women postpartum and getting them into care. We talked earlier about mm -hmm. other industrialized nations, how they're doing against our metrics in the, in this, and you, you shared how several of those countries mm -hmm. are doing a fair amount better. What what sorts of things are they doing that we're not yet? Yeah, so uh, a lot of those countries uh, that I talked about that have maternal mortality rates that are less than ten, uh, you know, as uh, there are rankings in the world that say, okay, this, this is the best place for a mother. Uh, some of those rankings consistently rank those countries that have lower maternal mortality. And when you look at those countries, what stands out is that uh, they are focused, uh, you know, they have universal health care uh, for their mothers and they have strong support systems. They also have lower C-section rates, things like that. Um, when, you know, I'll give some examples, Sweden, Norway, and Denmark, around the social determinants of health. They have looked at their processes. They've made a lot of welfare reforms, housing reforms. They have flexible work from home type options. So they, they, they are really focusing on those things. Around social support, the Netherlands, for example, has a really good system. Uh, they use um, maternity nurses that they send to women's homes. Uh, for the one to two weeks after you've had a baby, they send a, a nurse home to take care of a mother for those uh, one to two weeks. So some of those things that we are seeing, the, the state committee report has already is recommending mm -hmm. those things. We're actually seeing them work in other countries. Uh, another thing that we see is appropriate time of work. A lot of these countries um, have time of work, paid time of work from mothers during their pregnancy towards the middle and towards the end. Also postpartum, there's paid maternity and paternity leave mm -hmm. anywhere from four months to a year. So there are many things that we can look at uh, to see what they're doing and bring in and replicate here. And I think uh, the state committee uh, has actually recommended some of those things. So we are moving in the right direction. When it comes to trying to replicate some of those things here, it sounds like organizations like Kaiser Permanente being one, uh, you look around, there's some integrated networks around the country, um, looking at kind of the overarching discussion around value-based care that have kind of figured it out, and it's very, very human intensive. Mm -hmm. There's time that's involved in those outcomes that, that can't really be escaped. And it sounds like that's kind of what's being applied here to some extent is heavy engagement is, is based on what I'm hearing here today. It's a lot to do with me being with you in some form or fashion to kind of try to influence what's happening. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're right that human engagement is needed. Uh, I, you know, we need what we're seeing with pregnant women uh, is that you know, we need to provide a cocoon for them throughout their pregnancy. They need to, their mental, their physical health needs to be optimized before pregnancy, during pregnancy, and after pregnancy. In fact, the American College of OBGYN came out, uh, you know, and, and said, 
when they looked at maternal mortality and they looked at the outcomes, they said, we have to change what we're doing. The majority of women die immediately postpartum. Mm -hmm. They reached out to us and said, we need to change the way we do postpartum care. And I think for us, uh, it was one of the reasons why we, we looked at what we're doing and we said, hey, we have a mother coming in and bringing in their baby, uh, you know, at one week postpartum and for years we would take care of the baby and not use that opportunity to take care mm -hmm. of the mom. Mm -hmm. And so we're making those changes. So I, I think the good thing is that this focus on maternal mortality is a charge to all of us as clinicians, as communities, to look at the things we do and figure out how can we do better. And I think we're, we're starting to do those things. Well, our time goes quickly. Do you have some final thoughts before I let you get back the rest of your afternoon? Yeah, you know, I, I think what uh, this shows us is that we need, we're doing a good job. We have the best healthcare system in the world, in the U.S., but I think we can do better. Uh, and when we look at maternal mortality, uh, some of the things that we need to do is we need to make sure that all of our pregnant women have access to this very good quality health care. Uh, we need to make sure that we improve this care specifically for pregnant women. We've had uh, tried and tested bundles that I talked about now, and I know in Georgia we're working hard to get that to uh, you know all of our hospitals. So we need to make sure that we're implementing those bundles to improve that quality of care. Um, we need to make sure that we are providing that quality of care to all women without discrimination uh, so that all women have uh, uh, good outcomes. Um, and finally, I, I think we need to provide that cocoon for pregnant women. You know, pregnancy is it's a it's a it's a challenging time for women for their families. And I think, as healthcare workers, as family support systems, as community support systems, we need to come together, provide that cocoon, so that our women are healthy. And I think once we do those things, we will start to see the changes that we need uh, to keep our women safe. Because I think all of us agree that no woman should die while giving life. When you think about your, your peers out there in the medical community or, or just lay people that may be checking us out today, do you have resources that you might recommend somebody would be able to learn more and get some useful information? Yes, there are lots of good resources. Um, you know, one in Georgia, we have a Georgia, Georgia Perinatal Quality Collaborative. They are doing a lot of this work around supporting hospitals to implement these bundles. Uh, you know, so they are a good resource. Uh, I talked a lot about the bundles. There is a site, uh, an organization called the Alliance for Innovation in Mid health. They partnered with the American College of OBGYN to de uh, develop these bundles. So taking a look at these bundles, I think as clinicians, making sure that these bundles are being put in place in our hospitals, uh, that's helpful. The Georgia Department of Public Health, uh, they house the Maternal Mortality Review Committee. They have a lot of resources, so taking a look at their site. And finally, the World Health Organization, which is the world authority uh, on all of these issues. They have a maternal mortality site where they talk talk about uh, all of these issues. Well, I really appreciate you making time to come and share this information with us today, Dr. Forna. Uh, clearly uh, important 
topic of discussion that uh, you may just be helping somebody that means something to you if you turn around and click share after checking us out today make sure you link up with mag at uh, on twitter and facebook and linkedin um, and um, i want to say i look forward to catching up with you all next time thanks to the folks at mag and health uh, alliant health solutions we'll see you next time thanks for watching this episode of top docs Please share this program with your colleagues and family and friends. Remember to follow MAG on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget, you can get past episodes of the show at mag.org backslash top docs. From everybody at MAG, we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode of Top Docs.